Have you ever wondered why anyone drinks Malort? Or if there are actually lobsters in the Chicago River? Then listen to the Curious City podcast, where we answer all your questions about Chicago and the region. WBEZ's Curious City is part of the NPR network and available wherever you find your podcasts. Hundreds of thousands of people in Illinois could soon need to find new insurance. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. People with Medicaid received uninterrupted health care during the pandemic, even if they didn't meet eligibility requirements. But that benefit is ending soon. The process is known as Medicaid redetermination. Starting in April, people applying for Medicaid will have to submit information, such as proof of household income, in order to keep their benefits. To understand why this is happening and its impact, we're speaking with Samantha Olds Fry, CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, and Jeff McInnes, who's Director of Revenue Cycle and Value-Based Care Strategy at Esperanza Health Centers. Samantha, start us off with the basics here. Who's eligible for Medicaid? Yes, so Medicaid is an income-based program. You have to qualify based off of the salary you make. Uh, The threshold for most folks is 138% of the federal poverty level. What that means is if you're an individual, you need to make $18,754,000 or less. Or if you're a family of four, you need to make um, less than $38,000. What this means on a grand scale, though, is that about a third of the children in Illinois are covered by Medicaid, Mm -hmm. and nearly a quarter of our state's population are covered by Medicaid. So this change impacts a lot of our neighbors. Jeff, what was different then during the pandemic? So what was different during the pandemic was that we didn't have to go through redetermination. So uh, we were historically dealing with folks dropping off uh, off of their Medicaid benefits. Once 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 a month, we'd have a round of folks who'd lose their benefits. Mm-hmm. We had to help them get re-enrolled if, for whatever reason, they just didn't receive their redetermination letter or didn't respond, even though they were still eligible. So we had a break from that during the pandemic. And, and so now we, we're back at that process Yes. And for many folks, they're doing it for the very first time because they received their benefits during the pandemic. So with the end of the the public health emergency, Samantha, what is going to end or, or be different for those who have been on Medicaid throughout the pandemic? So we're clear. Yeah. So. So we're clear, the Consolidated Appropriations Act really separated the public health emergency ending and the redetermination process, which will begin at the end of April, where the state will begin sending out letters to individuals requesting information to determine if they are still eligible or not. Um, That process in Illinois is going to take 12 months. So the state is going to take the full time uh, in order to sort of renew folks and have them, you know, send in their paperwork. And there are some other things that will occur separate and apart um, of redetermination with the public health emergency ending. However, for the most part in Illinois, the largest impact is definitely going to be the um, redeterminations reoccurring again. As, as Jeff said, every month prior to the pandemic, this was yeah. a, a challenge um, and people would lose coverage, not because they weren't eligible, but simply because of paperwork. And a reminder to our listeners that we'd love to hear from you on this. What questions do you have about this process? And if you're 
going through it or if you have in the past, please let us know how it's going. Our number is 866-915-WBEZ. Again, that's 866-915-WBEZ. And so, Jeff, uh, when will the Medicaid process go back to, quote, normal? Yeah, so the first redetermination letters are going to start going out at the end of April, and we expect those to be due back uh, at the end of May, early June, with the first terminations for folks who don't respond to the redetermination letters coming in July. What can folks do in the meantime to prepare? The most important thing that people can do is make sure that the Department of Healthcare and Family Services, HFS, has their current address on file. So if you moved at any point between when you received your benefits for the first time and now, it's worth double-checking that they have the correct information. Yeah. You can do that either by going on to your My Case page through the ABE website, or if you don't have access to that, uh, HFS has a website set up where anyone can add their address. And, and you know, we're also aware that around 40,000 people in Chicago, Jeff, are on Medicaid, in the Chicago area, I should say. So many more people are on, Medic- are on Medicaid. I think uh, Esperanza has served at least 40,000 wow. okay. with Medicaid in the last two years. I mean, so what, what does this look like across the city? Across the city, uh, you know, we have a significant population of folks who are depending on the safety net f- for their services. And if they lose their coverage uh, because they didn't receive the paperwork, they're going to have to rely on on. Um, limited number of programs that are available for folks who are uninsured. Yeah. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Now that the COVID-19 public health emergency is coming to an end, things are changing for people who are on Medicaid. And we're talking with healthcare experts about what the change means for people in Illinois. Samantha Fry with the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans and Jeff McInnes, who's with Esperanza Health Centers. Now, uh, Samantha, a recent report by Cranes, it estimates that 700,000 people could lose access to Medicaid beginning uh, July 1st. So will health providers adjust their practices to, to accommodate potential lapses in coverage here or, or hang-ups that would happen during the transitional period? So we sure hope so, and, and we would anticipate that providers would. What's important to note is that Cranes article and other research demonstrates that there's a range um, it could, we could lose anywhere from 300,000 to 700,000 people across the state. Currently, the governor's office is estimating 384,000 members or uh, individuals will lose coverage um, throughout the next year. And so that's also important for providers and um, all of us to remember is it's not all going to happen on July 1st. It is going to be iterative throughout the next 12 months um, or the 12 months after July 1st. Um, what we hope that providers will do is with those patients that they are already seeing on a regular basis is they're checking that redetermination date and they're communicating with their patients and with um, their communities about the importance of that redetermination date to make sure that they that those people have updated their address with HFS. If they don't have a Manage My Case um, mm. account already to set one up, um, and being proactive is going to be key um, to avoiding a lot of folks losing coverage. Jeff, how much of what Esperanza does involves people who are on Medicaid? Over half of the patients that we served in the last two, couple of years have been on Medicaid. Over half. Over half. Yeah. Well, uh, talk to us more, Samantha, about the uh, Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans and the work that you do. Yes. So we at Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans represent all of the health plans 
serving Medicaid members across the state. Today, um, our six health plans serve nearly 3 million people in all 102 counties um, in Illinois. And so we really view this as the largest um, occurrence in the Medicaid program you know, in quite some time. And so we are trying to work sort of an all-hands-on-deck approach with the department. We are in regular communication with the governor's office. They're very committed to this, um, regular communication with HFS, and also trying to, you know, work with our provider partners um, like Esperanza and other associations um, to make sure that we're all um, on the same page and reaching out to the members that we collectively serve, mm-hmm. um, whether that be making sure folks update their addresses. And then once the redeterminations start, again, the letters are not going to go out until the end of April. But once those letters go out, we want to reach out to people and say, check your mail. You should receive a letter. If you don't receive a letter, call DHS. Um, or go on to your Manage My Case account, and you can complete that paperwork online. Um, And so we really do hope to do that in a proactive standpoint. But if someone loses coverage simply because of paperwork, Mm -hmm. not because of eligibility, but because of paperwork, we're actually going to be able to reach out to them 90 days after they've lost coverage and text them, call them, send letters or postcards, and try to get them to complete that paperwork so they can come back onto the Medicaid program without a loss of coverage. Talk to us, Jeff, about how your organization is helping folks you know, looking to renew. Um, it was great to hear Samantha go through all the different many ways that we need to be contacting our patients. And Esperanza mm-hmm. is doing its part in, uh, in going towards a number of those routes to reach our patients. So we've been doing uh, campaigns through our social media, as well as uh, media appearances to talk about uh, this incredibly important subject. And we're also doing direct outreach through texting to all of our Medicaid uh, patients. Uh, and as we get closer to redetermination, doing direct phone and text outreach to folks who are coming due for redetermination to, like Samantha said, keep an eye out for the paperwork, reach out to us if they have questions about their paperwork and need help submitting it. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of patients with lang- with language barriers, and it's really important that they receive care and services in the language that they speak. Uh, and that's why we have two community resource centers staffed with uh, with uh, employees who are trained both to help folks get on Medicaid, Medicare, Marketplace if they lose their benefits through Medicaid, and to help them navigate the redetermination process. Yeah. So what are the next steps for folks listening? Let's make sure we get this clear. Any dates that you think people should be on the lookout for, Jeff? So folks should immediately be making sure that their address is up to date. That should happen right away. And then uh, when they know their eligibility date, which they can find through uh, Find My Case, they can keep an eye out for a letter in the two months leading up to that redetermination month. Uh, If you don't know your eligibility date, if you don't know when you're due for redetermination, keep an eye out for mail from from HFS starting in in as soon as April uh, and make sure that you respond to that in a timely manner. Anything you would add to that, Samantha? No, I think really finding out your redetermination date, as, as Jeff said, along with making sure HFS has their your updated address is going to be most critical. The other thing is in the near future, setting up a Manage My Case is going to become a lot easier. The governor's office with HFS and DHS has spearheaded um, some efficiencies with using the Secretary of State's data, um, and so that will make that process 
easier to establish a, a manage my case, which will allow everybody to just do this online, which is really the best practice. And a reminder, we've still got a few minutes where we can hear from you on this topic. If you've got questions about the Medicaid process, give us a call now. If you're going through it or if you have in the past, let us know how it's been going. Our number is 866-915-WBEZ. Let's jump to the phones where Thomas in Austin is waiting. Hey, Thomas, welcome to Reset. Thank you very much. Sure. What's your question? My question is if Medicaid redetermination relies on letters being received or being able to be on the website, what happens to folks who are experiencing homelessness who have no fixed address or perhaps are not able to navigate the website? Good question, Thomas. What are your thoughts there, Jeff? It's a great question, Thomas, and it's a, it highlights one of the main weak points of, of using letters to reach people for redetermination. I think one of the best uh, ways that folks who are experiencing homelessness can get help in this regard is to reach out to a public aid office uh, or a community resource center like the one run by um, Esperanza Health Centers or other uh, community-based organizations for help in making sure that they get their redetermination paperwork submitted. And those community resource centers, where are they? Uh, so we currently have uh, two of them. Uh, one of them is on CERMAC, and uh, that's uh, 2851 West CERMAC Road, and the other one is 4104 West 63rd Street. Uh, and folks can reach out to Esperanza Health Centers uh, at uh, 773-584-6200 uh, to request an appointment. Uh, and Samantha, tell us, if, if someone needs help maybe you know, understanding the materials or submitting information, walk us through what they should do. And I'm thinking about folks who might be disabled. What accommodations are offered there? Yes. So the Department of Human Services is able to assist you, as are um, application assisters, providers that you may already work with. Um, so you can call the DHS office, um, which is 1-800-843-6154. That is the ABE hotline. Um, and they will be able to sort of assist you, walk you through that form, um, and, and really make sure and, and submit it at that time. Um, there are also many community-based organizations like Esperanza that are assisting as well. If you have general questions or information, the Medicaid Health Plans can also answer some of those, um, but they won't be able to uh, file your application at this point. Where can people learn more about your organizations? I'll start with you, Samantha. Yes, our website is really the best place, IAMHP.org. And then, of course, we're on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. What about you, Jeff? Uh, our website is esperanzachicago.org, but please check us out on social media. All right. That was Samantha Fry of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans and Jeff McInnes with Esperanza Health Centers. We've been talking about Medicaid and how it's changing now that the federal government's pandemic emergency, that's coming to an end. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. This episode of Reset was produced by Michael Liptrot, and it was edited by Ethan Schwab and Dan Tucker. Now, I don't know if you've heard, but Reset is on TikTok and Twitter. So go ahead, pull out your phone and give us a follow at WBEZ Reset on Twitter and WBEZ underscore Reset on TikTok to get behind the scenes content of how our show gets made every day. All right, that'll do it for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Talk to you tomorrow.
Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts.